0: Okay, welcome everybody. Welcome, welcome. Hope you're uh, doing well. Um, Can you just give me a thumbs up in the audience if you can hear me all okay. Um, Just give me a quick thumbs up. Um, That'd be great and good to see you Shirley and good to see Kashmira and uh, Francesca's here. We'll bring her up as one of our co-hosts for today. I'm super excited for today's discussion and happy Monday everybody and good to see you all. Daniel good to see you, it's been a been a minute as well. Um, so we're going to be also live here on LinkedIn but we're also hopefully going to be broadcasting over on Clubhouse as well. So we're trying to be a little bit more omnipresent today folks. So um, yeah we're it another sort of 60 seconds or so and then we'll jump into some introductions but good to see Christopher, Ben and Arpit and uh, so many others. Dr. Vatif, good to see you, buddy. It's been a been a little while. Hope you've had a lovely weekend and, and so many of you. Really, really appreciate you all taking the time uh, to be with us today. And of course, um, Mitch has just joined us as well. So um, yeah, if everyone can just um, give me a quick uh, thumbs up emoji in the audience just to make sure you can hear me okay, we're going to get into today's discussion. Brilliant. And good to see you, Siddhant, as well. It's been a, been a while and, and Caleb down there in the audience. So Welcome, folks, to today's uh, LinkedIn Live audio, where we're going to be talking about the business of Web3. So we're joined by a very special guest today, um, who is Mark C. Angelos. And did you know that the metaverse could be a $13 trillion opportunity? Yes, Citibank recently stated it's a tremendous potential in the concept of extended reality. The Investment Investment Bank reported to state that the potential of 8 trillion to 13 trillion by 2030, that could boost as many as 5 billion users folks, meaning there's a lot of business for all of us, hence why we're here today. So this is a real serious discussion. And, and I'm, I'm just, just hoping you still can still hear me. Can everyone just hear me? Just hear so, me so my mic just cuts out. Just give me a quick thumbs up.
1: up. Apologies. Clear, Rob. Sound great. Perfect.
0: <laughs> so, so folks, do you, do you know, know the most, most common things people miss when it comes, it comes to, to conducting, conducting business, business in the world of Web3? And how will Web3 alter, alter the, the financial, financial, legal, Relational aspects, Relational aspects of business, of business. And, and what, what really is this, this creator economy, economy. And, are and are you aware, aware that the metaverse the is the next level, level of social, social, interaction social interaction combining technologies like AR, VR and many many others and did you also know there's new ways of creating relationships and capturing revenue with these new technologies and is decentralization really a safe word for the tech community? And finally, is it still the really early days when it comes to all of these new technologies? So hopefully, folks, that's piqued your interest for today's discussion, where we will be talking about the business of Web3. So just give me a quick clap emoji if you're here to learn as a collective community all about the world of Web3. Good stuff and good to see Yeshim, my good friend. Thank you for joining us. And I see John in the audience, really, really excited for today's discussion. So briefly, for those who don't know me, my name is Rob Hanna. I'm the founder of KC Partners. We're a legal talent solution and content creation firm focused all around community. And we are looking to really help people with their careers and also to transform landing their dream jobs. I'm also the super proud host of the LinkedIn Audio Town Hall, this feature, which happens every other Sunday. And I'm also an investor to recruitment and legal tech startups and the host of the Legally Speaking podcast, where we've had our good friends on stage, the wonderful Francesca and Mitch, both feature on our show. And as of this year, I also co founded Virtual Insanity with Caleb, who's in the audience with us today, where we're looking to bridge the gap between the mainstream and the metaverse. So aside from all of that, I'm a proud first-time father and also porrent to my miniature Dash Hound dog. So for those of you who know me well, I like to collaborate with right and like-minded people. And today we do have an incredible panel and a very special guest when it comes to the business of Web3. And folks, please note this room is going to be recorded. So all the content shared is purely for educational purposes. We'll be running for around about an hour. So in the meantime, if you could kindly hit the invite button, invite some of your friends and connections into the room so we can all learn and mastermind together. That would be great. Also, feel free to take a screenshot, tag me and the various co-hosts and maybe share some of your learns today. That would be fantastic. So I would like to welcome the wonderful Francesca, Francesca Vitzberg to the stage. So she is a top trademark and copyright lawyer. She helps individuals and businesses in entertainment, fashion, beauty, luxury, tech, you name it, in terms of protecting and monetizing intellectual property asset. She's also counseled top, top businesses, celebrities, artists, athletes, influencers, and many, many more. And she also runs her own Decentral Lawyer social media handles, where she provides advice on all aspects of trademark and brand protection related to -to up-to-date Web3 and NFTs. And of course, my dear friend, Mitch Jackson, who's an award-winning 2013 Californian Litigation Lawyer of the Year. And over the last 35 years, Mitch has helped hundreds of clients with their startups, business plans and litigation needs. And when Mitch isn't representing clients, he enjoys giving keynote presentations focused on helping people better understand and leverage the intersection between law and tech. And recently, Mitch, also along with his son, Garrett, recently co-founded Maneuver, which is a leading cutting edge metaverse and Web3 consultancy. So you can definitely check out a lot more about that at MitchJackson.com. And of course, folks, our very special guest today, we're joined by the incredible Mark. So Mark is a sales leader, content writer, and business strategist. He's the CEO and founder of Amvictus Communication, a sales and marketing firm in the Web3 and blockchain space. Mark brings 27 years of capital market sales experience from the algorithmic fintech side of Wall Street and today his content marketing firm helps fintech and web3 companies convey their value in content. Mark has personally penned over 500 articles on selling through content. He's appeared on public stages, live television, business podcasts, media outlets such as CNBC, Bloomberg, Informa, you name it. And he's posted hundreds of videos on sales strategy across the likes of LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and Discord, and written so many thought leadership blogs, far too many to mention, but for the likes of CEO, chief legal counsels, and head of products, and many more. And he's built and sold multiple training courses to third-party education companies, such as the likes of The Tilt, Greenfig, and many more. And he currently scripts and hosts the Informer's awesome monthly podcast series, The Emerging Managers Exchange podcast so a very very warm welcome mark thank you so much for being with us robert thank you that
2: was overly generous that was quite the intro but i appreciate it happy to be here
0: absolutely and i'm going to kick off folks with some questions for mark and also some some questions um that'll be firing to francesca and mitch as part of the discussion but if anyone does have any questions for mark and would like to raise your hand please feel free to do so we'll start gradually bringing folks off but uh, to begin with mark would you mind just telling a bit about your sort of background and journey with web3 to date and what it actually is from your own perspective
2: sure so my background as you mentioned i'm 27 years wall street i'm actually a salesperson trapped in a content marketing body on the side of wall street i was on was ai based uh, algorithms so algorithmic trading very high tech black boxes that do like enormous amounts of trading that people don't understand how they think the point is I was writing content around that for many years. And then eventually with lockdown, I was being asked to write other content for other people. And then that became fintech content writing, which very quickly, as you know, 2017 onwards, crypto took over the world. It became blockchain infrastructure firms. So most of my clientele and most of my insights right now will be from the perspective of the platforms, anything having to do with the financial side of crypto, GameFi, Layer 2 solutions, things that make that make the crypto world work? And how do you build business models upon that? Uh, So what is it? It's a lot of different things. I mean, to to be honest with you, it's a paradigm shift. If you wanna really boil it down, in my opinion, it's a technology, that's all it is. So blockchain, Web3, these are different applications. Blockchain technology makes possible a lot of things that weren't previously available to us. But what this opens up into is it's really the, it's the fastest wealth creation event in the history of the world, right? This is unprecedented freedom of financial mobility. You've got new business models. And so web three, in my mind, it is really still an idea. The two points I'll give you. Number one, it's not fully formed yet. So there's a lot of people kicking it in the teeth. Uh, If anyone engaging on LinkedIn will have, there's a lot of cynics out there. That's fine. I'm open to that, but it is not there yet. And the second piece is most people have no idea what web three, even like what it represents. There was a recent Harvard Business Review poll, Robert, that was uh, 70% of those polled had no idea what Web3 was. These are Harvard Business Review readers. So you would think the business community would be aware of it. The, there really is no direct definition yet, but it is an evolving uh, framework in which you can build different business models using crypto and blockchain as the underlier. That's my quick. But in in practical terms, it's cryptocurrency, the DAOs, social tokens, NFTs. There's a whole different uh there's a slew of variations on how this looks but I really want to focus on NFTs for those in the business community. That's my brief.
0: I love it. Yeah, and I absolutely uh, agree with you and uh, definitely just want to also welcome to the stage uh, Yeshim and Issa and anyone else who would like to come up and ask a question, please do. I've just got another quick question for you, Mark, and we'd love to get Francesca and Mitch's thoughts on it and then we'll come to, to other folks as, as, as well because there's so many different aspects of Web3, as, as as you know, and a lot of them also have legal implications when it comes to crypto, DAOs, social cut tokens, and as you mentioned, NFTs, where you know we're probably going to have a bit of a focus. So just share your thoughts generally on 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 this and you know what it means and some of the the implications you may have seen or or you predict happening in the future
2: sure so nfts what they really are is just software that's all it is they're, they're, it's code but what they represent i mean there's some mix between a deed of ownership a certificate of authenticity membership programs i mean these are there there's businesses right now customers of mine blockchain based games folks like axie infinity that are building an entire business model, millions of dollars coming in off of what this thing can do. Um, It's a community building tool. NFTs, what they do is different from what they are. What they are is, as I said, software. What they do really looks a lot like securities, which is where it gets into the audience here. And it gets to be interesting. What are these things actually? Are they royalties? Are they property? Are, Are they an asset? None of this has been legally defined yet. I mean, there's there's people are guessing, which is really holding back a lot of the uh, institutional interest, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. And just on NFTs, I'd love to jump to you, um, Francesca, in terms of things people, you know, obviously you you do a lot in supporting people with NFT projects from a from a sort of IP perspective. You know, what are you seeing and, and what do people perhaps need to think about when it when it comes to, you know, NFT projects specifically from a from a sort of IP perspective?
3: Thanks so much, Rob, and I am really excited Mark's here. Your background is super amazing. And one thing that you said without saying is you made a pivot. (laughs) You definitely took your expertise and your your know-how and knowledge in one area and pivoted during COVID to find the incredible world that is Web3 and like many of us here who have expertise in certain areas, We fell down the rabbit hole, went hard into learning about this space and just realized that, wow, all of the potential for any business, really, whether you are a goods provider or service provider or professional, the Web3 and NFTs, the metaverse, all of this technology that's been based in blockchain and, and VR has truly revolutionized the world. So super excited to chat more. Um, as an IP lawyer, what I'm seeing is really three main things. It's protecting your brand name, especially in the NFT world where we're creating project names. Those are trademarks. So you can easily protect, protect your brand with uh, a trademark application. The second part is protecting the content itself or the images that are Sold as NFTs or maybe um, avatars or particular art that is being shown in the metaverse. You can protect that with copyrights. And then last but totally not least is contracts. So the way contracts apply in this space is mostly with either terms of service. So you know, having having terms that govern the use of software. As Mark said, a lot of this is software. And so you'll need those terms of service and also an NFT license specifically for NFT projects. Those are really the three main um, pieces on my end, how I'm helping clients and businesses just stay protected and have that baseline protection. Of course, there's so much more. But if you are entering the metaverse or getting into NFTs, that's really the starting point
0: yeah no i i love that and mark did you want to have any comments back to that before i shoot a quick question to mitch and then we're going to jump to people on stage from questions for you too
2: no i think it's great those are great points francesca i think that protecting brand has obviously already been an issue for those following the news nike's had issues with that um protecting the content avatars if anyone follows the space there's a lot of influencers whose images are all over in nfts that, that they did not issue and the contracts that that's interesting the the whole definition of what is a contract is also an argument right now out there. It's fascinating. That's, I think that you've got a, you've done a great job of summarizing that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Mitch, did you want to dive in, buddy?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, rather than ask
1: me a question, I mean, Mark, it's so good to see you. And I just want everyone to know one of the reasons that, you know, I, I, I twisted Mark's arm, uh, and, and tried to convince him to be on today's show, uh, was because of how impressed, we were with meeting Mark at the CEX event on our on our drive home, Mark. I just want to share this with you from Phoenix to Orange County. Uh, and Mark had the pleasure of meeting my wife and my son, Garrett. You know, we were talking, you know, and I said, Garrett, who, who you know, who impressed you the most? Who, who did you really enjoy meeting at the conference? He said, Dad, there are a lot of fascinating, brilliant people, you know, in the audience uh, who I had a chance to meet one-on-one, listen to on stage. But my takeaway was I really enjoyed uh, getting to know Mark and meeting him for the first time. He brought you know twenty plus years of high tech Wall Street hardcore financial expertise uh, into the conversation. and Garrett being a Marshall School of Business graduate, that's what was impressive to him, Mark was how you're taking uh, everything you've already shared and then complementing. You know, Web3, Metaverse, blockchain, smart contract with what you've already been doing and writing about in bringing this expertise into the space. Francesca is doing the same thing when it comes to IP, when it comes to legal issues. Rob's doing the same thing. Uh, past guests on this show have brought their value into it. So you don't see these types of experts, these types of conversations taking place on the normal social audio platforms. This is next level highbrow stuff that frankly is what's going to be moving these industries. And Mark, I wanted you to know the lasting impression that that you had on my son. So thank you for that. It was great to meet you. And I can't wait to dive into today's conversation.
2: Thank you very much, Mitch. It's very kind of you. I, your son is an impressive young man. I'm, he's Garrett's amazing. And what you're doing with Maneuver, I think, is amazing. The truth of the matter is, as I said to your son, I'll repeat it here, there really is no one place to learn about all this, which is why it's so difficult. And there's no real, quote unquote, experts in any of this, uh, You know, ourselves included. We're all learning. And I think that anyone that tells you they're the guru and they know it all, those are the people you run from. Garrett was great because he understood this intuitively. He's got a very good sense for people. I don't need to tell you this, Mitch, but this is getting into the world of people. As much as this is all technology-based and Web3 is all about how great the blockchain is, at the end of the day, how do you apply this in your business and how do you drive revenue? It's how do you connect it to building relationships with people, which was the core of what the CEX event was all about, Mitch, as you know well. It was about creating a connection, a community is the word, and you can now use technology to do this. The businesses of the future are built on the technology that creates connection between people. So all in, in the 27 years, what I did was basically social selling and what used to happen out in the old days of well, a golf courses and dinner, you can now do it through software encoding and that's it. It's the creativity of how can you figure out what to do with these tools available to build your business? Mitch, you're doing a great example. Robert, you as well. Like, putting out information to help people, being a a guide, if you will. These are things that most people don't do. Most businesses are just looking for the transaction. And so taking it and building it into the new digital format of relationship building, using the technology to create experiences, making people feel a certain way. I know that sounds fluffy, but at the end of the day, how do you use technology like this to make people feel a certain way? That's what creates community.
0: I love it. And I'm going to jump in with a a quick question and uh, Issa, I'm going to come to to you because I I was reading over the weekend, Mark, one of your your articles, which was, was fascinating because you talked about how sales change forever and what works now. And you state selling anything always required customer trust. That hasn't changed. And I know you like the Stephen Covey quote. I think it's on your profile as well. Trust is the most essential ingredient in effective communication. But in your article, you also suggest individuals need new sales skills in the current business environment, one of those being emotional intelligence. So I'd love for you to tell us more about this in relation to a a Web3 world.
2: Sure. So I think that building of trust is the key to sales. Right. We all know that. How do you build trust? The answer right now, practically speaking, is content. You guys are doing a great job of it here. What can you put out in terms of content that builds that trust? It's not just education. There has to be an entertainment factor as well. So in a Web3 world, you can do things like NFTs that allow you access to specialized content. You can create uh, customized experiences at a person-by-person level. You can segment in a way you've never done before. And so how do you use the creativity inside your firm with the capabilities you can deliver to your clients in a new and unique way. What does that mean? It means anything from, like I said, customized access. You can, if Gary Vaynerchuk right now is physically mailing people goods and services packages in the mail, like a box, for those who hold certain NFTs. You can deliver any kind of experience you can think of, but you have to do the thinking. So customers, nobody wants to to be sold to, but everyone likes to buy. We've all heard that people buy when they know like and trust you the knowing part and liking part is easier than the trust part a lot of that is going to just be the grind of doing it regularly you guys have done a lot of great yeoman's work of putting out excellent content that's the type of thing that most people don't want because businesses just want transactions so in a web3 world you have to start with your mindset shift again this sounds fluffy this sounds psychology but i'm telling you if you can think of giving only first giving, and you may not get this back at you, then that's it. That's the first step because most companies don't do that. I came out of Wall Street. You can imagine in that side of the corporate world, they're not interested in in the long term. They'll tell you they are, but they're interested in every 90 days, right? It's it's quarterly results. I don't know. I understand that. But people of the future companies that are going to win are going to be the ones that are trying to truly build a community where they're helping their people.
0: Oh, I love that. You're talking my language, Mark, and you're doing such a great job um, of that. So um, with that, I want to thank Iza for being so patient um, and would love to get your uh, your question and thoughts uh, for Mark. is are you there? If you're having mic issues, it's just in the bottom right hand cl- And it should point out, folks, this is still in beta form, this fun- function. So sometimes the um the mics are a little bit tricky. So um just give us a thumbs up, emoji, um, if you think you would have sought your mic, and we'll um we'll hopefully come to you in in a moment. Um okay, so let's let's come back to to some some questions for you. Um, because I wanted to ask specifically, Mark, because one of your your key zone of geniuses is very much around marketing and branding. So you know. How can you ensure that your marketing and branding really stands out and is different, particularly with the world of, of, of Web3?
2: So marketing and branding in the Web3 world starts at the same place, messaging. What is your value that you deliver to people? Right? You have to be able to succinctly and clearly and powerfully deliver that in three parts. Number one, what you do. Number two, how you do it. Number three, what do people's lives look like after interacting with you? So this is basic marketing. Now, I don't pretend to be a marketing guy. I do it now, I'm a sales guy. At the end of the day, this is about building relationships again. So you have to start with clarifying, what are you? As I like to say, are you a fork, a spoon, or a knife? People don't know how to deploy you until you tell them what you can do for them. This may sound self-serving, you know, serving, but that's the way people operate. The very first thing you would say when you meet someone for the first time is, this is what I do, You know, not this is what my profession is, but here's how I help people that type of approach has to happen now in content and ideally through Web3 driven experiences, community, things that you can provide to people using your expertise. So so for the easiest example, I'll give you jumping in on conversations where in communities and helping people out. Mitch, you've done a great job of this, giving people insights that they might not have otherwise had because they don't have 27 years of Wall Street experience or they haven't seen how a blockchain, you know, what works behind in the networking layer too. If you can bring people to to your side of seeing things and not try to sell them, you're just trying to help them, then that's it. The biggest mistake people make in sales is trying to sell. It's about helping. And so branding and marketing is the messaging of how you help.
0: Such powerful words, and I'm just loving it. I'm, I'm just loving how you know you're you're showcasing what you're doing and how, you know, Web3, we can all be learning folks. Just give us a thumbs up in the audience if you're enjoying the, the conversation and what, what Mark's sharing, because it's just fascinating stuff, how he is very much ahead of the curve and giving us his, his time to be here today. Awesome. Awesome. Really, really do appreciate the conversation. Mark. And with that, we'd just like to welcome, uh, well, Mitch, would you like to to welcome your your amazing esteemed son to the stage? Because um, it's just so nice to see what you're doing with Maneuver. And I'm sure he'd like to say hi to Mark and maybe ask a question or two as well.
1: Absolutely, Rob. Garrett must have noticed that Mark was on stage. Garrett, it is good to see you. He is joining us from Los Angeles, California. I'm down here in Orange County, California. Garrett, just a little heads up. Mark had a lot of nice things to say about you. It's good to see you, buddy. How's your day going? Oh, it's great so far. Thank you so much, Mark. And I'm happy to be here. So far, so good. Sounds great. I'm excited to hear the rest of everything covered. Uh, Mark,
3: I just wanted to know what your uh, biggest takeaway was from the CEX event.
2: Uh, it's great seeing you, Garrett. By the way, I, I'm just going to share this. I had said this to Garrett privately, guys, but I'll just share it with the team here. The, I wish I had known a 10th of what you understood, Garrett, about business and people at your age. You're going to kill it. That's exactly what I said to you. Oh, thank you. Uh, to answer my biggest takeaway, honestly, was just how authentic the people were. I've been to I'm not joking. I and mean, Mitch, you could talk to this too, but hundreds of conferences and there's a, there's not a level of authenticity. Like I had seen at the CEX, the people that were there were there to get to know each other. Nobody was there for any other ulterior motives other than to build rapport. Now, maybe that's coming out of the back of COVID, but I don't think so. I think the world has changed. And Gary, you were plugged right in with that. Yeah, I agree entirely. I thought that was probably my favorite part of the experience. Being a young entrepreneur, I have limited you know, knowledge of the space and I'm learning everything. And I was just so excited to be there and see where everyone else's minds were at. And everyone was so excited
3: to share, learn from each other. And I think that was the best part about the experience is seeing that this is really a community behind Web3 and this movement.
2: Yeah, that's it. community is the word, and it definitely is a movement because it's really it's going fast. It changes quickly, and no one really knows where to go to learn, so we learn from each other.
0: i oh, loving the conversation. Really, really loving it. So, thank you so much, and good to see you, Garrett, as well. Um, appreciate you uh, stopping by, and uh, yeah, it's great to see that you and Mark uh, connected. Is it? I saw you gave us a, a thumbs up. So, did you want to try again with your with your mic to see if you can come off mute and far away of your question for for Mark? okay the only other thing i can suggest maybe is leaving the event and maybe coming back um hopefully that may um solve any 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 mic issues and if anyone in the audience would like to come up and ask a question feel free to do so um everyone is most uh, m- most welcome uh, but mitch i saw you flashing do you want to jump in
1: Absolutely. Anytime someone's mic doesn't work, I am here for you, Rob. So something amazing is happening right now, and we're experiencing it in real time. It's something that I've done uh, over the last 35 years, trying cases uh, that have worked really well for me. And, and Mark's doing an exceptional job of it right here. And what that is, is look, everyone, you've got somebody with decades of, of you know, deep level financial experience in a very complicated world, that's simplifying what works for all of us in this new Web3 environment. He keeps focusing on relationships and, and building trust and, and keeping things simple. And because of that, I don't know about the rest of you, but, you know, we, we're we building. It makes me even want to talk to Mark more about all the above. This is what connects us as human beings. It's simplifying the complicated. It's It's creating a conversation that that really wants all of us to continue learning and moving forward together as a community. One of the things I think, as Mark and Garrett just just shared, is at the conference we were at, that was the tone of the conference. We had a lot of brilliant people here. Mark could have gone off when we, uh, uh, when we first met Mark with, you know, using technical financial terms, fintech terms, things that would have just completely shot over my head, probably not Garrett's, that you know, maybe to try to impress me. He could have gone that route very easily. Uh, I wouldn't have understood what he was saying. It probably wouldn't have connected us the way we did connect because of how Mark's coming across and sharing what works and what he's observed working, what he thinks will work moving forward in the Web3 space. Francesca does this very well when we're talking about IP law, intellectual property rights, when we're talking about complicated Web3 and NFT spaces. She has the ability in her social media posts and during her conversations and interviews to really just keep things simple and to, you know, not to overcomplicate things to the point where it's paralysis by analysis. And I think that's critically important for people to look at is how this conversation is taking place. We're not, we're not talking about specifics and technical details. We're talking about the human side of tapping into the power and leveraging these Web3 platforms. I think it's critically important where it doesn't matter how challenging, uh, how complicated, how technical something is. If people can't relate to it, if people can't easily use it and embrace it, then they're not going to, and it's not going to work for you in business. And so for me, from a 30,000 foot level, I'm looking at this conversation, Rob, and I'm thinking to myself, this is a masterclass on how to build rapport on how to generate enthusiasm and excitement how to add value but to do so in a way that everybody on stage and everybody in the audience can relate to what do you think rob you're around a lot of people we've talked about this before and i just wanted to
0: highlight that because i think it's super important you bang on the money as always mitch and excuse me confuse them and you lose them you know we have to you know the complexity in all of this is 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 there but i think your ability to communicate things and keep it simple and people can understand that's when we're going to get to levels of mass adoption let's take a poll on that who feels comfortable who feels like they've got a good level of knowledge of understanding of nfts in the audience Just give us a thumbs up if you feel that you have a very sort of sophisticated knowledge of, of nfts or would feel comfortable sort of you know starting your own project or being involved one. Okay, interesting. Well, let's let's jump back to to NFTs then, Mark. So I know that's something you um you know you, you've got a passion for, and I think we should talk a lot about. And also from a marketing perspective, and you know, Francesca, Mitch, at any points? Feel free to jump in because you know how will NFTs ultimately alter business? What do you predict to see actually happening, Mark?
2: Sure. So NFTs are acting a lot like securities, and I'm sure that uh, Francesca could talk to this way better than I. But Beyond that angle of what are they and how do we handle them from a legal perspective, there is a practical application in building relationship to Mitch's point. So how all NFTs will basically become a, they're a new class of digital asset, right? This is, you can create something on behalf of your customers that you serve as a company. Things like uh, Joe Polizzi did the never-ending tickets, Mitch, right? Which was access to the event. There's specialized access to content that you can create. There's things that you can give to your customers through NFTs. So specialty handling, if you will. And this is almost the next iteration of like the loyalty rewards programs that we all grew up with, the airline miles, or even a Starbucks card. So you can create digital assets, number one. Number two, that leads you to enabling the ability to create a richer client experience, right? These are the reason you would create a digital asset class. Is to deliver an experience to your customer, and again, this is digitally. So, what can you create? What type of experience? The, the conference itself, Mitch, was an experience. The fact that you and I are even talking, Robert, my conversation with you now, and Francesca, like th- these are all benefits that came from being face to face with Mitch that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And that was that creates a richer experience for me. Number three. It's a central digital touch point between brands and consumers. NFTs become a place where you can convey what you the value delivery mechanism, if you will, and you can get the feedback. And NFTs are programmable. So you can add things in terms of an experience to your customer and you can garner information back from them in terms of usage, right? What 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 are they like? What are they going for? What's working with them? What areas can you serve them better? NFTs help you pinpoint this and finally it's a you can deliver a unique experience again in real life. I can't stress this enough. People get so lost in the minutia of the circuitry. They forget that it's the people thing. Like Mitch said, you want to be able to deliver an experience in real life. That might mean like I said mailing physical objects. It might mean, it probably means meeting in person. This thing right now we're all doing. This is a physical event. It's digital, it's delivered, but we're actually getting together. So when you look at things like the Board Ape Yacht Club or Gary's V friends, like these are all basically country clubs and that allows for socialization and that's an NFT enabled feature, if you will. So these new digital assets create a client experience and become the thing that ties you to your customer if you're doing it right. And through that, you deliver them events, feelings, you build community and community means you serve. It doesn't mean how many followers do I have or how many blue check marks. It community means how do I deliver these people an ongoing continual value, which not part of this conversation, but I do think creates a whole new pressure on businesses to come up with a continual value delivery mechanism. I, again, these NFTs are programmable. So what else are you doing? What have you done for me lately is what the customer is thinking. You have to keep coming up with new and inventive ways to tie these people to what you're trying to do. And that doesn't mean selling to them. It means serving them.
3: I like Mark, everything you're saying, you're hitting like gem after gem after gem, but also the, sen- the center touch point of everything is, and I know we keep saying it, but it really is building relationships in a community. And I love that you're saying it's not just blue checks, right? You can have thousands of followers and still not literally still not have a community If you don't know the people who are following you, if you're not engaging, if you're not collaborating, if you're not supporting, you really don't have much besides some numbers on on your accounts. And so this is something that I think a a lot of people in here, a lot of professionals that maybe aren't in sales, we've never had, especially lawyers, right? We've never had formal sales training. So to us, we think sales is scary and bad, especially as lawyers or doctors. Like we have a higher duty to the, to the client to not just sell to them. But truly, if you think about it, where if you are serving people and if you are the best in your field and you work really hard to make sure you're the best and what you're offering helps people, then that's, that's, that's the best thing that you can do. And so I, I don't know if a lot of, you know, but I, I left big law in, um, 2020, I was an associate at a big firm, had no clients, and I took a gamble on myself, started at a firm, new firm as a partner with no, no clients. Okay. So I have no salary. I just joined this firm. I had no idea what I was going to do or where to begin, but I, you know, sitting down with my husband, he was, he suggested that I start reaching out to my network, that I make an Instagram, that I start building relationships and building a community. I didn't know it then, but now two years later, I can't believe it's been two years already. I, I, I have a busy book of business. So yes, I, it is the sales process, I guess that I, what's, what was happening, but it's all about community. When I saw NFTs and Web3, I immediately jumped in because I loved the energy of the people that were in those communities and I wanted to learn. And I found that it was a great combination of intellectual property and tech and all of these things. But really, if you are looking for a way to learn and a way to connect with more people, getting involved on Twitter Joining Discord, Rob has an amazing Discord and Mitch. They both have great communities on there. I think the time is now just to start and play around with that. But to the point, making real contacts. So Mark, you're obviously really good at what you do because that is the core of everything. You
2: put your finger on something, Francesca. You know what they say in sales is that a good friend will help you move, but a great friend will help you move the body. And so you have to think (laughs) to yourself, What is the depth of the relationship I'm building? Not just how many people do I have in my network? If I call Mitch in the middle of the night and need a favor, is he going to help me? And Mitch, don't worry. I'm not going to do it to you, but you got to think that way. Have I built up enough credibility? Do I have, have I delivered enough value up front that this person's in my corner? People think networking means getting names. Networking means to what degree and how far will they go on your behalf? Because we've all been there where someone asks a favor that you don't want to do. And you just, you know, out of politeness, you're going to say yes. Yeah, no problem. But then you never do it. Or it's this person, I will go to the ends of the earth for them. That type of connectivity, that type of rapport, you can build that with digital tools now. You can do things for people en masse, at scale, through delivery mechanisms that are enabled by technology. And that's something the big businesses don't understand that yet. People are still caught up on apes and llamas. The reality is the customer's experience is going to change. And so how can you do that? Who, who can get in front of this? And even in the small business level, what can you do in content to help your people? I don't know what the answer is, but that's how we need to be thinking.
0: Oh, I, I love it i'm really really enjoying the the conversation and great points Fran fran francesco and i'm going to jump to uh muhammad if you're there and you wanted to fire your your question away and also just wanted to welcome uh eric and sweater and simone and natalie to join the uh discussion and daniel could see buddy and if your hand is raised i'll hopefully be able to bring you up this time i know we're having a few glitches but muhammad would love for you to uh to fire away of your question for for mark uh
4: hello everybody I was really enjoying the conversation. And what everybody was talking about, um, I want to tell you about myself that uh, I've been following blockchain, crypto, Web3 from four or five years. And I've been like, I've got into the foremost stage that I've got the fear that what am I missing? And it's just a deep rabbit hole. I'm going in and going in. And I really feel that what uh, everybody's saying that people have forgotten that software was the tool to improve communication. And now this Web3 and blockchain and this crypto NFT, it's the new world, which can even improve that software, that customer experience, that loyalty, that business. So everybody has to look into that and has to focus more that how could I take one line? How could I improve customer loyalty If someone is a lawyer how could i improve the process how could i more give uh, customer experience to everybody
2: i in, love in it the restaurant
4: life. business any business any business i think i i feel like like that and the imagination uh, must be more deep must be more focused that's that's what i'm uh, loving about it thank I- you
2: I agree with you, Muhammad. I'll give you uh, to your two points. Number one, it's the technology should be more. I'll tell you a quick story. I used to explain to hedge fund managers how this AI-based trading software would machine learn as it goes and trade more intelligently with each hour. And it would take over the trading from what you used to do. It was very high tech and nobody would touch it. And it took me a while to realize it. it didn't matter if they understood what it did or not. It mattered if they trusted me. So the questions I would get would be, Mark, if this thing goes haywire, are you going to be the one to pick up the phone when I call? Yes. Okay, then I'll use it. So I realize it's not the tech. The tech enables, but there has to be that other piece, which leads you to number two, Mohammed. your point around imagination. How creative can you as Mohammed, get or any of us around what I can do to deliver value to my customers? And that value is subjective. You won't know. You have to take shots. You have to try things and throw it at the wall and some of it will stick. But the fact is, you're getting to the creative angle, creativity of the business owner. What can they do? And that's where I really think big businesses are at a disadvantage. The quarterly driven, publicly traded, they're not going to have the same response time, which is why you're seeing this divergence with the creator economy now. Smaller folks are nimble and have the ability to be creative in a way big firms can't. So if, if Citibank or JP Morgan puts up, a you know, something in the metaverse, great. They've got a lobby that you've got a picture of Jamie Dimon. That's awesome. But there's no real value there. Not to the same degree if you've got customized access to events or get togethers. If you think about what NFTs and smart contracts enable, Muhammad, you mentioned a restaurant or a bar. I can give you an NFT to my restaurant, which I don't own, that allows people on short notice in other towns to go to specific places that I've decided that we are going to pay for $1,000 of NFT holders to go to whatever restaurant in Orange County. And then that's a benefit that they get for having been part of the NFT community I've built. Now, that's just an example, top of my head. This is where companies have to get creative about what do you offer? What does it look like? And what can I do to deliver that to people to where they are? And that's that's the game now. We're moving into a, an element of, It's not the mass media approach anymore. It's the individual creativity that creates that loyalty. It's almost like when you first, if you were one of the first few people, my roommate in college saw Pearl Jam when they were, it was a six people at a bar in Cornell, New York, off campus. True story, 1990, 91, I think it was. In the end, had he had the ability to buy NFTs to that, you know, having been there, they have you can buy NFTs into to, to events that you've attended. You could then the band could have added to that over the years and create new experiences for all those holders. And so you have to start thinking: if I can get my NFTs into the hands of my customers, what can I do with it down the road? Again, not what can I sell them? What can I deliver them? The transmission mechanism is now inverted, and those who deliver the most value will have the most loyalty. And we all know loyalty translates to business somehow, some way. You, you guys will know this. Any business owner will tell you this. There's times you'll do something for someone and they'll say to you or you'll say to them, I don't know how I can repay you, but I'll find a way. So don't worry. That happens in the business world all the time. That's the basis
0: of business now. I oh, love it. So many valuable points as, as, as always, Mark. And I, we've talked a lot about um, sort of building community, loyalty, you know, from a Web3 perspective. I'd love to get your point on or your view on, you know, how important do you think storytelling is as part of this process? And, you know, any tips uh, around that for folks?
2: So storytelling has always been the key to sales, right? Nobody, facts and figures are forgotten. Stories are retold. The, the, the root of the matter is what can you do for your customers that they would repeat to other people? right? I think Seth Godin does a great job with this with Purple Cow. Um, there's, there's endless books on storytelling. The question becomes story. The definition of story isn't always per se a yarn that I share with you. It's again, an experience. So Mitch and I have a shared experience from the CEX. I had the pleasure of introducing Mitch from stage and he brought a ton of value. That's a shared experience now. And that's a story in itself that, that that just the experience between us becomes the story. So when you create an experience between yourself and your customer, all these people that attend events, NFT access only, all these people that have been to these specialized uh, country clubs, as I mentioned, these are these are experiences very similar in the old days to like when fans would talk after a concert and compare notes on how the band, what was their favorite song. Garrett said to me a few minutes ago, "What was your takeaway from the CEX?" These events and these shared stories then have to be chopped into content. So everything that's happening here right now, ideally, when you deliver value to your customers, you record it in some way, shape, or form, and you repurpose it. And there's endless amounts of content on how to do that. But the the truth is, again, you're not selling. For those who consume it in one form, they might consume it better in another. Audio, video, written. You need to open your mind up in a marketing sense now and start to think, okay, with what I'm creating for my people, how can I then deliver it to them in different formats? So long form, short form, there's got to be different ways of delivering your, it's work. This is a whole lot of work, but that's what it takes. Because if you're serving a fan base, it's a, it's a community. You have to continually find new ways to do that. And since people are different, they'll get different value from different things. So I know just from the content marketing side of what I do, It's not always going to be long forms or short forms. It's audiograms. It's going to be quote cards. Like You have to start thinking, how can I chop up the quote unquote experience to keep on delivering it to the same customer? I went to CEX. I want to see stuff from CEX out there on LinkedIn. Mitch, when you see CEX thing float by, you're like, yeah, that was awesome. It was a great memory. That's how you need to think as a business owner.
1: Mark, speaking of CEX, let me mention a couple of words to you. Anne Handley, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer.
2: Right. So, Anne told this lengthy meandering story from stage, which looked like it was going nowhere, about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and she tied it back brilliantly to some unbelievably powerful concepts at the end. And because that story that she told was so such a left hook, it knocked the room out. Everyone was like, "Wow, that was a she was one of the greatest deliveries." And the truth of the matter is, you just made that joke to me, Mitch, because of our shared experience, and that's it. How can you? Anne did a great job of storytelling. And you also are doing the same thing now. So story isn't just about memorizing, but the sales side of me will tell you this. You should, everyone here should start to try to journal stories they can use in their selling. And that doesn't mean hard selling. It means when anecdotes happen, jot them down. Garrett, I'm looking at you. I always recommend people keep a story journal, a dead serious, like a book or on your phone. I don't care where you do it. But make sure you have a recording of things that have happened to you in life and the lesson you took so that you can share with other people. I'll give you a quick example. I was in Europe selling AI trading software to a customer in Germany. And on the walk back to the elevator, I said to him, you know, what do you got coming up for the summer? And he said, Oh, I'm taking my family to America for the first time. And I said, Oh, dude, you gotta go, you gotta go here there. He said, No, we're gonna go to Disney. Now I had been to Disney, so I share with him how to. Knock out that park. This is the order of operations that you should hit it. This is the the rides you wanted to make sure you get. He ended up sending me postcards. We became best friends from that stupid. I'm getting pictures of his family still. I've been out of the business for years. The point of the matter is that little story I just told you talks about how relationship outside the business can lead the business, right? He was one of my best customers after that. These are the types of things where you should record and roll them out later with lookalike customers or people you think you can help. That's it. Those that's storytelling.
0: Oh, I love it and it's so important. And you're just sharing so many nuggets of, of of wisdom Mark and I want to sort of ask it a, an, another question because in terms of where you see things going because a lot of people may have may have read the the recent announcements where you know I think it was city announced that you know the metaverse market growth could be up to 13 trillion by 2030. So, you know, what do you expect to see going forward? And where do you see the greatest scope for folks, maybe from a sales marketing perspective in Web3? And is there any low hanging fruit for people to be getting hold of right now? I think it becomes a little more centralized than we're expecting, right? Number
2: one, it becomes a lot of people need help, if you will. And so the companies that are able to deliver that will start to become more dominant for good or for ill. I think that the, the legal side, as you guys well know, really needs to be clarified. And so I think we'll get that. I don't know when, and I'm not, I don't pretend to be, this is your area's expertise, not mine. But I really think that once that clarity appears, you're going to see the businesses rush in. And I do think, though, like I said earlier, Robert, that the, the, the initial lead folks, if you will, is going to be the smaller creators. It's going to be the smaller companies that can do the things nimbly that the bigger companies take too long to think about. And that means creating customer experiences. That means customized content. Companies are still too worried about how they look in public. You got to be willing to take a couple of skin knees to get this over the line. Right now, the way it develops, it's going to continue to be this gap between the B2C folks who really embrace it and do well with it and make money with it. And the B2B folks who are not as able and interested in doing it just yet. That's my prediction.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. And I think it's going to be, Fascinating to see how all of this evolves. A question because, you know, let's let's look at it maybe from the other side. Let's look at it from the folks that just are not at all on the, the Web3 bus. They just think maybe this is a craze or, you know, NFTs. You know, there's still a lot of doubts and, and fears. And obviously you have a tremendous business when it comes to actually, you know, helping particularly sales and marketing when it from a Web3 blockchain perspective. What do you say to perhaps more of the critics or the people that are not on the bus right now to maybe not to convince them, but just, you know, give a different perspective on, you know, ultimately there's a lot of fear and speculation and people are just saying, well, is this just a phase or do I really need to educate myself
2: now? I view this, that's a great question, Robert. I view this as a contest of creativity, as I referenced earlier. The folks who don't quite see it, it's not that we're smarter than they are, et cetera. It's that it's not there yet. They're right. The people that think that this thing is a bit overdone are right, but that doesn't mean it's not going to get there. In 1991, no one knew what the internet was going to look like, right? I remember in 1995 when AOL went to 10 hours a month for 20 bucks, for those who remember, right? That was ridiculous because it wasn't there yet. It's early days right now. We're not there yet. So when folks don't see it, I have nothing but sympathy. But the reality is the tools now exist to create experiences for other people that you will have never met in person and then can. You you open the doorway to creating personal relationship again back to where we started and so that reality is that's not an opinion that's a fact you can deliver experiences to people Mitch and I just went through this and you can have a different feeling towards things and people I know I'd run through walls for Joe Polizzi now right there's there's a whole world of creative application of the tech and the folks who don't see it they're not thinking that way they're still they're still stuck on the the art piece. Right. It's all about the utility, the utility of how you use these matters. So, this gets into the creativity. It's almost equated to Robert, how good are you at drawing or painting? Like, some people are better at it than others. And those folks can get it right away and say, I see what I can do with these tools. Other people, they have to see a few examples first. I don't judge anyone. I recognize that people, I mean, you certainly don't want me doing your taxes. I'm not that guy, but. You know what you're good at and the folks that are good at creative imagination around building business, this is where they're going to shine.
0: Yeah, I love that. And when you're talking about drawing, I'm a shocking drawer. So definitely don't come for me <laughs> for, for drawings. But uh, Caleb actually is in the audience is really good when it comes to the graphic design and, and drawing. Okay, so again, maybe we've got business owners that are in the audience that are like, okay, okay, but, but where do I start? So how can companies, you know, startup or entrepreneurs actually get started when it comes to, to all things NFTs? You know, what are some of the practical steps?
1: Hey, Rob, can we, can we, before Mark answers that, can we drill it down to a specific industry? I've got a friend in the audience. I would love for Mark to sh- answer your question tailored towards Bill's company. Is that okay? Yeah. It, yeah, I think it'll be great for everybody. So Bill Tilly is in the audience. Bill is one of the leading uh, litigation finance uh, uh, legal funding companies, uh, Amicus Capital, Capital in the United States. Hey, Bill, it's good to see you. And uh, Mark, if Bill was to, if he hasn't already, wanted to integrate Web3 technology into his litigation finance or legal funding company, you're a finance guy, Bill's a finance guy, it's a matter of offering lawyers this option, this opportunity using blockchain smart contracts or maybe NFTs. Any thoughts just off the cuff on, on how Bill could could implement this type of strategy?
2: Absolutely, Mitch. I think that both you and Robert have illustrated this example already. Robert, I saw what you have here, NFTs that allow you access to information. And and you, Mitch, now offering 15-minute free phone calls to help people out. Th- these are all NFT-able things. So what do people normally want from you, Bill? Right? What would normally they would come to you and ask for? How can I then create that as an NFT? Very easy to do, by the way. There's people that th- there's people that will do this for a lot less than you think. And so you create, if you will, assets, right? It, it's let's just call and I'm going to use Mitch's example, 15 minutes phone call for guidance and whatever you want to talk about. That's incredibly valuable for people who can't afford that or people who don't have the ability or the context to talk to a person of Mitch's caliber. So Bill, you think to yourself, okay, how can I box up my time or how can I create access that my services, my company would normally provide And then folks can buy into that and you can continue to add to that if you want. So you start with a small digital benefit. That's exactly what I would term that as. And then after you've done that, how can you turn that into a, either, either experience, right? They would come and have a teach in. I know to use other examples there. You can go to the headquarters and see how they do their process of whatever it might be for service oriented businesses. And then how can I foster that into a community? All the people who hold those NFTs, all the folks who've spoken with Mitch or with you or whomever, what else can you do for them? Get together's in the city. Remember, you'll know where they are. They bought NFTs. Uh, you can do events. You can do things where you're creating again. Think like a loyalty rewards program. So, what would they normally want? How can you give them a little bit of it for free? So it's almost like a lead gen, if you will, in real life, and then. What else can you add to that as an NFT benefit? Because the minute folks start to recognize, wait a minute, this person is delivering service and value electronically, if you will. They want one of those things too. How often do you sell these NFTs? And so that becomes your new mechanism for transmitting a value. And that might be like customized content that you record that no one gets, but you send it to the NFT holders. Um, I know I, I did a bunch of coursework for Joe Polizzi around blockchain and it was initially anyway, you holders would get access to, to the content access and others wouldn't. And so you got to think in terms of what can I put out there that's a value? It might be your time. It might be your information. It might be shared experiences. And by the way, the more entertaining you can make it, the better, right? There's, you don't want to be boring here. But once you've got those things built, Bill, you can sell them. Right? And again, not to rip people off, you can price them wherever you think is fair, but if there's value, people will pay. That's just business. And by the way, as a sales guy, never be afraid to ask for the order. It's okay to say I'm selling this now, but make sure it's valuable. So what can you do in terms of time buckets around whatever expertise that you specialize in? That's how you start.
0: I'm loving it. It's so, so true. And uh, yeah, I love the fact that you say never apologize. Yeah, everything you're saying, Mark, it just tells me how accomplished you are. And and it's great to see that we've got Bill who's actually come up onto the uh, stage. Uh, Bill, you're most welcome. Feel free to to say hi to Mitch. And if you wanted to say any comments back to Mark and yeah, tell us a bit more about your thoughts.
1: Yeah. Hi, Mitch. Thank you. And thank you, Mark, for the comments. So, so would it be
2: like you you mentioned
1: time buckets? Would it be similar to like the NFT would be a ticket to my time kind of situation or, or? That's exactly
2: what it is, Bill. That's exactly right. Because that your time, by the way, is incredibly valuable. A lot of people can't afford it, let's be honest. So if you can provide people access to something for a price, that's just called business.
1: Fantastic. I appreciate it. I, I look forward to exploring that. What, what about, what about uh, uh, Bill's NFTs, Mark, as uh, offering behind-the-scenes or client-only discounts or additional benefits. In other words, the NFT is what keeps Bill in, in contact with the law firms over the long course. It also, by clicking on the NFT and unlocking it, Bill, it allows your legal clients access to their CRMs or to their updated status on loans or finances or payoffs or whatever it might be, interest rates, but also there may be other unlockable content That mark was alluding to that gives them access to discounted rates or uh uh, backstage access when you're on stage speaking i mean it's just all these things that aren't being offered to law firms right now where if you can make their client experience easier and better and unique and create a buzz where they're talking about this nft with your company that no one else is offering i think that's the magic with uh with implementing web3 technology
2: Bill, you know the uh, coffee cards where you get seven coffees, the eighth one's free? Sure. That, that. You can create, to Mitch's point, Mitch, great points there. Behind the scenes content you can create that no one sees, and then these people get it. You can, and you can add to these as you go. Um, you've had a couple of conferences with you, and if they've had done a certain amount of business or if they see certain breakpoints, they can then access free access to your time for other topics. Like you can come up with whatever you creatively think but start thinking in terms of productizing yourself. buckets of yeah,
1: been... I like that. It's uh, sounds like the the options are pretty much
2: limitless.
3: Right. It's I, tokenized I, branding. Exactly like you said, you can tokenize your brand and people can invest in your brand with your NFTs.
0: I love it, Francesca. That's right, tokenized branding. Oh, and I'm just loving the the, the conversation, folks. And, and I agree. My, my, my tip would be, you know, I always thought, particularly when I was thinking about my NFT project, you know, what are my two most common pain points from my audience that I'm trying to serve? And how could I maybe deliver that in a way that would give them valuable content? And that's something that I, I, I started with. But Mark, this has been a truly fascinating discussion. I've absolutely loved listening to you, learning from you as I knew I would today. More Robert three.
2: Can I add one last thing for Bill? I apologize. This just came to me. Yeah, Bill, yeah. go for it. Make, take the time to make the list of the top five or six questions you get asked by customers. Just write it out and flesh that out as best you can. And that will inform all that you can deliver in terms of value. You'll see right there on paper in front of you. These are the things that I can start to
0: bucketize. Sorry, Robert. <laughs> Thank you, Mark no it's exactly right and i I absolutely agree and with that mark we'll pass the mic back to you for any sort of closing thoughts or or comments for the for the audience or anything you would like to say when it comes to the the business of web3 and when can we get you back
2: (laughs) thanks for having me i'm proud to be here i actually think that anyone can do this this is not there's no special you made a great point earlier robert this is not about the technology and the widgets it's about the creativity you bring to your own business How well do you know what you do for your customers and how can you productize that better digitally so i would tell people just start take a shot no one knows we're all in this together you'll figure it out but you got to try
0: so true so true you've just got to get your feet in the water folks promise you it's not that bad what i would suggest doing is strongly following mark reading his content reaching out to Mark, seeing ways that you can continue to learn from him. I'm continuously learning from him. Also checking out the other wonderful speakers and my co-host today, the wonderful Francesca, who really is top of her game when it comes to all things intellectual property, folks, so you definitely want to check out her profile. And of course, Mitch and Mitch is just tremendous in terms of not only what he does in ter- terms of the world of litigating within the California, but also his web three and maneuver and connecting people without Mitch today wouldn't have happened. Mitch is probably one of the best connectors and community builders and just thought leaders that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. So Mitch, thank you so much for connecting us with Mark and making this all happen. And Bill, great to connect with you. And thanks so much for for hopping up. And hopefully we've given you some food for thought. And Mohammed, thank you for your valuable contributions as well and, and showcasing how you've been getting into Web3 very, very early. And of course, all of you in the audience, we don't take it for granted. We really appreciate you stopping by. Hopefully you've got lots of value from today. Please do feel free to take a screenshot, you know, tag myself, the other speakers that have resonated with you and maybe share some of your learns let's take carry on the conversation folks and if you have enjoyed this this conversation we are aiming to be here most mondays where we are going to be talking about all things web 3 and we bring on exciting guests such as mark who hopefully mitch will be able to twist mark's arm once again in the future so we can bring him back but um anything else uh, anyone else would like to say on the stage before we look to to close uh, today
2: I just want to say thank you for having me, Robert. I think that you guys are doing a great job. I've learned a lot. I've, honestly, the fact that you guys are delivering without expectation of return and the value you're bringing consistently is really illustrating all the principles we've talked about here.
0: Ah, oh, no, it's been our absolute pleasure, Mark. It, it really has. And I'd just like to wish you all a great rest of the weeks ahead, folks. Please, please do make sure that you, uh, you follow everybody on stage and connect with them. Uh, there's a huge amount we can all continue to learn. And I just want to say that as well. If you've been slightly overwhelmed today with the information, I, I will be very vulnerable here, folks. I am not the expert in the room. I'm continuously learning. I'm prepared to get myself in these rooms because I'm keen to learn and mastermind together so we can all learn from this we're all just at slightly different journeys so please please can come back get involved in the conversation there is no such thing as a silly question and we'll hopefully see you at some of the other events soon but thank you so much everybody enjoy the rest of your weeks take care and thank you so much once again mark bye